blasts this morning as they turn the lights back up. Blast number one. 1962. And subsequently in 1980, God, by the Supreme Court, was removed from the public square of the United States of America. In 1962, the judges of the Supreme Court in the case of Engel versus Vitali removed prayer to Almighty God from the public school system. The prayer that upset them went like this. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon thee and we beg thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers and our country. Amen. And in 1962, prayer to Almighty God was banned from the public school system in this nation. In 1980, the judges of the Supreme Court, in the case of Stone versus Graham, removed the posting of the Ten Commandments in the public schools. The court's ruling stated in part... If the posted copies of the Ten Commandments, this is what the Supreme Court said in part, if the posted copies of the Ten Commandments are to have any effect at all, it will be to induce the school children to read, meditate upon, perhaps to venerate and obey the commandments. However desirable this might be, As a matter of private devotion, it is not a permissible state objective under the Establishment Clause. Think about that. They did not want the Ten Commandments posted in the event the children might obey them. And then they went on to say it is not a permissible state objective. Think about that. I can't think of a better objective to have than the Ten Commandments. I've been in on some of the meetings, at least here in the state of Missouri, as it pertains to writing objectives for classrooms. It's sad to say that so many times in the educational system, as I've observed it, you have people in there who are educated beyond their intellect. And writing, writing objectives that are absolutely ridiculous for the school kids to follow, but yet they'll throw out the Ten Commandments. So in 1962 and then in 1980, we had blast number one. And it took some time, like the pastor said there. Nothing happened right away. Nothing happened immediately. But in the process of time, as you well know, you have children being shot up and killed in the public school. Is that right? I wonder if if the Supreme Court would have allowed to have thou shalt do no murder listed up there. But no, they threw that out. So years later, you have 
students coming in and killing other students. Nothing happened right away when they passed these 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 laws. Or when they enacted them. But something did eventually happen. Blast number two. Happened in 1973 here in this nation with abortion. In 1973, the judges of the Supreme Court ruled to give a woman the right. Let's always finish that. To give a woman the right to choose to murder her unborn child. You see, they talk about the right to choose, but remember what it's a right to choose. A woman's right to choose to murder her unborn child. And that was passed by the Supreme Court in 1973. And subsequently, from that time to this, I've read where over 50 million unborn babies have been slaughtered in their mother's womb. And I want to tell you something about killing little babies. You need to listen to this. How many of you remember in the days of Moses' birth? The Egyptians, what did they do to the little male children that were born? They threw them in the river and had them drowned. Remember that? And nothing happened to the Egyptians, to the authority structure of the Egyptians right away. Now, what did they have the little babies? What did they do to the little babies? They threw them into the river and had them drown. You listen to what I'm telling you now. They had them thrown into the river and had them drown. What happened? Nothing right away. But let's go some 80 years down the road. Some 80 years later, see, we think something like he was talking about the blast took place. What happened immediately? Nothing. But later in time, 80 years later, after the Egyptians had the little babies thrown into the river and drowned, some 80 years later, Pharaoh and his mighty army, God drowned them in the Red Sea. He drowned them in the Red Sea. Do you see that? I said he drowned them. The same authority structure that caused the killing of all those little babies some 80 years prior. Now God drowns them in the Red Sea. I believe he... See, we must understand God's merciful. And he takes no pleasure at the death of the wicked. But the Egyptians would not repent. And so the judgment of God fell on them. And the judges of the Supreme Court that passed that ruling in 1973, the blood of all of those children are upon their hands. And unless they have repented, 
God will do to them what they've done. And so we look at the judges of the Supreme Court, but we must step back and look a little bit beyond that. And everyone who voted for a president that would put someone in there like that. Or when Christians refuse to go to the polls and vote the word of God. The same blood that's on the hands of those Supreme Court judges are upon the hands of the Christians who didn't vote in line with the word of God or who refused to vote. Blast number two. Blast number three. This summer, the judges of the Supreme Court will rule on same-sex marriage. I noticed this morning it came across the news. If you didn't notice that Ireland just legalized in a landslide vote. To legalize same-sex marriage. The judges here in the United States will decide if same-sex marriage is a constitutional right. And if the states must recognize it. Even though as I understand it, so many in the states have voted against it. Yet, now the judges are going to come in. And notice I said the judges are going to come in and make a decision As to whether or not it's going to be legalized. And don't misunderstand me. There's a lot of people in this nation that are for same-sex marriage. But there's a lot of them who aren't. Be that as it may, the judges are going to come in here now and make a final ruling. And if they vote yes. Now I know there's some division on the court. We've been praying and we're going to pray here at the close of this service just for a few moments again. But if they vote yes in favor of same-sex marriage, they will be redefining God's definition that marriage is for a man and a woman. And that would be implosion blast number three. What would happen on that day? Probably nothing. That day, that week, maybe that month or that year, but eventually, just like you saw those buildings up there, that's where America is headed. And the kind of messages... That I have preached at the direction of the Holy Ghost over the past years on this subject and others. A lot of people just can't receive those messages. So many in this hour want their ears tickled. Did you hear what I said? So many want church to just be a fun experience where they come and hear flowery messages all the time. And they don't want to hear what thus saith the Spirit of God. Hey, I believe in encouraging people and the word of God says to encourage people. But there's also a time where we need to have these other messages as well. We have too many pastors that want to feast and 
play with the congregation instead of fast and pray. And so we have a nation that's headed towards what we saw up there. Did you hear what I just said? There's nothing wrong with feasting and playing and having a good time, but we also need to be people who fast and pray and seek the face of God. People that will listen to a message like this today and take it to heart. Blast number three. Blast number one, God kicked out of the public school in the public square. Blast number two, abortion. And by the way, I forgot to mention to you, and I want to mention it lest I forget because I forgot to say this. But remember what happened to the Egyptians? They got drowned in the Red Sea. Does anybody remember what happened in Jesus' day when he was born? There was a king named Herod who had... All the male children, two years and under, slaughtered. What happened to Herod on that day and that time? Nothing, but go ahead in time and check out the writings of Josephus, that historian. Find out what happened to Herod and the kind of death that Herod died. Let me read this to you. I brought it. I'm glad I didn't forget to share it with you. Herod died. See, nothing happened in the day that he enacted that law. But many years later, Josephus states that he died of a loathsome disease. It descended upon him as a judgment from God. Well, did God send a disease? Well, God can remove his hand and then the devil can come in and attack. But be that as it may, listen to how Herod died. Burning fever, ulcerated entrails, foul discharges from his body, convulsions, and stench, etc., and so on. See, nothing happened to Herod in that day, but later on he died a horrible death. Blast number one, God kicked out of the public square. Blast two, abortion. Blast three, same-sex marriage. And we need to be praying that the Supreme Court judges in line with the Word of God on this. And that they do not legalize same-sex marriage. I don't know what they're going to do. But I know that we're praying that they line up with the word of God. That's all we can do. Now, I want to talk to you and center in here just a little bit on this implosion blast number three. I want to talk to you about the judges of Sodom. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah. But I want to talk to you a little bit about the judges of Sodom. They had some judges there too, just like we have on the Supreme Court. But before I talk to you about the judges of Sodom, I just want to look at the sins of Sodom. Because people 
think that the sins of Sodom were just homosexuality, but there was a lot more going on. Let's go to Ezekiel 16.49, New King James Version. Ezekiel 16.49 says, This was the iniquity of your system Sodom. She and her daughter had what? Pride. What else? Fullness of food. What else? Abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. So there was other things going on beyond homosexual sin. And these things that you see here listed are happening in the United States to varying degrees. Then go to Jude, the New Testament. There's only one chapter, but verse 7. Before we talk about the judges of Sodom, we want to talk about Yeah, the Holy Ghost wants me to say, bring your Bibles to church. Bring your Bibles to church. I'm just obeying the Holy Ghost. Where's the bulletin? Do we have a bulletin? Where's the, I'm just obeying the Holy Ghost. You ought to take some time. I'm just obeying the Holy Ghost. You have your bulletin? Remembering those who died for our Christian faith. See, we're remembering those today who died for our freedom here in this country. But you ought to take some time. Don't do it now. But, but take a bulletin with you and sometime later this afternoon. You need to read about men who bled and died to get that Bible in your, in your hands. And just out of respect for them, bring your Bibles to church. And if you don't, because today I understand that we don't all have books anymore. And that's fine. Sometimes people have their Bible on their cell phones or their laptops. or And, and that's fine. But bring your Bible in some form. Can you say amen? amen? I'm not trying to be rude or mean or anything. I'm just obeying the Holy Ghost. That's what he wanted me to say right there. He's running this church, by the way. Um, and, 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 it's what he wants me to say, so I'm just saying it, and I don't know, because I, I don't pay attention, who brings their Bibles and who doesn't, but when we're looking up scriptures, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it was what the Holy Ghost said, <laughs> don't be lazy and just depend on the screen, but make an effort, if at all possible, if there's, you know, now, if you physically can't do it, we understand. But if you can, make an effort to turn in your Bibles or go on your phone or, you know what I mean? Do something besides just look at the screens. Can you say amen? amen. Do something, okay? Now, if you physically can't, we understand that. But if you can, just out of respect for these men like John Huss and William Tyndale. Now, I'm not picking on anybody because I'm not paying any attention who has their Bible or who doesn't. But that's what the Holy Ghost wanted me to say right there. Men bled and died to get this Bible into our hands. You know there's places in the world that just like to have one page of the Bible. 
You know, so, so bring your Bible in some form and make an effort to turn or to, to scroll or however you do it. Don't just rely on them screens, okay? That's what the Holy Ghost wanted me to say. Now, if you get mad at me and walk away from me, you're not, I'll say this too, you're not walking away from me, you're walking away from the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now, we'll move on. Go to Jude chapter 1 and verse 7. Sins of Sodom. Notice this. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having, now watch this, given themselves over to sexual immorality. We understand that's homosexuality. And gone after what? Strange flesh. Well, the sexual immorality up above there, uh, that's talking about, I believe, homosexuality, lesbianism. You understand. And gone after strange flesh. Some say that that strange flesh has to do with homosexuality, and it could, but it, that's mentioned before there previously. That strange flesh, this by, don't even like saying this from the pulpit, but, it, but it, it's so, so bestiality, having sex with animals. It's unimaginable. And there's other things we could say about that, but from my study of it, that would be more than likely what that's talking about. I could say more about it, but for the sake of this message, we'll just leave it there. And they're set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So do you think that here in the United States we could do some of the things that were done in Sodom or all of the things that are done in Sodom? And how many of you know they didn't have a Bible there? Did they? Not to my knowledge. I mean, they, they didn't even have the light that we have and God judged them. So how much more responsible are we having the light of the gospel that we have in this nation and still go after these sorts of sins. And like one minister said, and I, I agree with it, if God does not at some point judge this nation, he'll owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. I think Billy Graham said that. All I'm trying to say is, is that if God will do what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah, We're, in da- we're living in, in dangerous territory here in this nation. That's what they said in Israel. God would never judge Israel because the temple was there. God warned them and warned them and warned them. And they didn't listen. And he judged the place. And they went into Babylonian captivity for some 70 years, didn't they? God will never do it to us. That's a dangerous thing to be saying. It's really not God doing it to us. It's us doing it to ourselves. And he warns and warns and he's long suffering. But eventually judgment will come. And I've told you by the spirit of God that, that the judgment of God is pending on this nation. Why pastor? You kick him out of the public schools and out of the public square. You kill 50 million babies. Hmm? I told you this before, I'll say it again. I said to a friend of mine not long ago, I hadn't seen him in some time, and I said to him, I said, he's a very good man, a, a political man, a, a, a patriot, and, 
and I hadn't seen him in a long time, and he loves this nation. And I said, well, this, you know, we're talking about America, and I said, this, this is a great nation, and I'll never forget it. He looked at me, he always called me Terry. He said, Terry, he said, how can a nation be great that's killed as many babies as we've killed? Go to Genesis 19 with me, if you would. While you're turning there, do you sense the atmosphere in here today? Do you sense the attitude in here today? It's very serious and very... If that attitude that's in this room would sweep this nation from the president all the way down into the Congress, into the Senate. Did you hear me? All the way through this nation, to the mega churches, the smaller churches throughout this nation, and there was repentance from the pulpit to the pew, from the president to the pauper. The judgment of God would be stayed and turned. Did you hear me? Let's continue on the sins of Sodom before we close and talk about the judges, because you need to hear what I have to say about that. Genesis 19.1. Let's read this in the New Living Translation. I'm going to read several verses with you. Because I need to do it for you to see what's going on here. This was after the angels. Actually, there were three angels. I believe one of them was, was the Lord himself. And he went back up to heaven after they met with Lot. Uh, I'm sorry, with Abram. Real loud, say Abraham. Abraham. Met with Abraham. Remember, and Abraham talked him down. If there be 50 righteous, 40 righteous, 30 righteous, 20 righteous, then 10. Yeah, if I can find 10, I'll spare the city. Remember that? And so the, the Lord goes back to heaven. The angels go in. To Sodom, to Lot, where Lot was. Okay, Lot was Abraham's nephew. Are you all right? All right, now let's read New Living Translation. Several verses, but let's read. Genesis 19, verse 1. That evening, the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there, and when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, come to my home to wash your feet and be my guest for the night. You may then get up early in the morning... And be on your way again. Oh no, they replied. We'll just spend the night out here in the city's square. In the city square. But Lot insisted. Now remember that in the city square. They were going to stay out there in the city square. But Lot insisted. So at last they went home with him. Lot prepared a feast for them. Complete with fresh bread made without yeast. And they ate. But before they retired for the night. All, now watch this, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, where are the men, where, see, where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. See that? So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, My brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you and you can do with them just as you wish. But please leave these men alone for they are my guests and are under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider and now he's acting like our judge. We'll treat you far worse than those other men. Notice what they were going to do to Lot. 
And they lunge toward Lot to break down the door. But the two angels reach out, pull Lot into the house and bolted the door. Then they blinded all the men, young and old, who were at the door of the house. So they gave up trying to get inside. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot. Do you have any other relatives here in the city? They asked. Get them out of this place, your sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone else. For we are about to destroy this city completely. The outcry against this place is so great, it has reached the Lord, and he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter, now watch this, he rushes out to tell his daughter's fiancés, quick, get out of the city, the Lord is about to destroy it. But the young men thought he was only joking. He's not really going to do it. He's not really going to do it. He's not really going to do it. God's not really ever going to judge this nation, this United States. He's not really ever going to do it. He's not really ever going to do it. Oh, yes, he is. There's no joke in here today what I'm sharing with you. At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get... Get out right now or you'll be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, the angels seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city. For the Lord was merciful. Oh, the Lord's merciful, isn't he? When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Oh, no, my Lord, Lot begged. You have been so gracious to me and saved my life and you have shown such great kindness, but I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch up with me there and I would soon die. See, there's a small village nearby. Now, remember that small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said, I'll grant your request. I'll not destroy that little village. Remember that little village. But hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. Isn't it good that the righteous are protected in the midst of God's judgment? This explains why that village was known as Zoar. Remember Zoar, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. See, he went to Zoar and he was safe in Zoar. Zoar was not destroyed. I'll show you why in a minute. Then the Lord rained down, verse 24, fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the, notice the villages of the plain, wiping Out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back and she, as she was following behind him and was turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham got up early that morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence and looked across the plain towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Notice across the plain towards Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a furnace. But God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the cities of the plain. Now, we've noticed the sins of Sodom. We've read this story here. But now I want to talk to you as I close this message about the judges of Sodom. 
Now, if you would very quickly go to Genesis 14, verse one in the New King James Version, Genesis 14, verse one. And I want you to note the cities of the plain. Genesis 14, one. Notice the cities of the plain that were destroyed. We just read about them, but we're going to look at at them. Notice verse two. And they made war with Bera, king of. Now notice Sodom. Realize, say Sodom. And then they Bersha, king of. Say Gomorrah. So there's two Sodom, Gomorrah, and then Sinab, king of. Say, say Adma. Adma. There, there's three. And then Shehember, king of Zebulun. Say Zebulun. And the king of Bela. That is, realize, say Zoar. So we've got Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zebulun. There's four of them. Those were all destroyed, the cities of the plain, but Zoar wasn't. Little village, that's where Lot went, and he was spared. Now, it's interesting about Zoar. It's interesting. And and you see, how how do I want to say this? Let, let Let me do it this way. How many cities were there? There, there were five total, Sodom, Gomorrah, Adam, Zebulun, Zor. Which one wasn't destroyed? Zor. Now, you got that. Now, here's what I, I need to do this because you need to have you, go to Joshua 10, verse 13. I want to show you something here. In Joshua 10, verse 13. I want you to notice here. Uh, in the middle there of that screen up there, the Bible makes reference, and you don't need to read the rest of it just for this message here today, but the Bible makes reference to the book of what? Book of Jasher. Now, the book of Jasher is a book. It's not an inspired book, so that's why it's not in the Bible. But there are some things in the book worth noting, and the Bible mentions the book of Jasher. Go to Second Samuel one eighteen. Second Samuel one eighteen. I just want to show you something. Second Samuel one eighteen. Now, notice there at the very end, again, the Bible makes reference to the book of Jasher. Now, again, the book of Jasher is not an inspired book. It's not part of the canon. It's not part of the Bible. But the Bible makes reference to that book. Okay? You, you saw that in the Bible. Now, then, what I did was... As I had uh, from the book of Jasher, I went on the Internet and I found uh, the book of Jasher and uh, chapter 19. And, and I think we have it on the screen here. Verses one and three. And notice here in verse one, this is the book of Jasher and the cities of Sodom had how many judges Four. Now, how many cities were there? Five. But it only talks about four judges, two, four cities. And these were their names. And I've underlined them for you there. Uh, Sodom had a judge. Gomorrah had a judge. Adma had a judge. Zebulun had a judge. But Zoar didn't. It was very small. Didn't have a judge. Okay. Now, those four cities were destroyed. Zoar wasn't. Now, I realize it wasn't destroyed because Lot was there, but also it didn't have a judge. You okay? Now, notice in verse 3, 
of the book of Jasher, and by desire of their four judges. By what? Desire of their four judges. Now, this is a historical thing. This is not, I'm not saying this is inspired, but the Bible does refer to this book. And notice, the judges here in the Supreme Court, I think next month, are going to make a decision on same-sex marriage, aren't they? And by, now notice here in, in the cities of the plain, by desire of their four judges, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah had beds erected in the streets of the city. In the streets of the cities. And if a man came to these places, they laid hold of him and brought him to one of their beds and by force made him to lie in them. Can you see now why Lot didn't want the angels to stay out in the city square? Because the judges had, had enacted by their own desire, by their own, their own desire, enacted a law that there were beds erected in the streets. And when men came into the city, what does it say? They laid hold of him and brought him to one of their beds and by force made him to lie in them. Now, when you study into what happened on those beds, there's no question in my mind that it was sexual, homosexual sex. You understand that. But also you can find these were beds of torture. And they torture the, the, the men. So it wasn't just the sex that was bad enough, but there were, there were beds of torture. And, but why were they there? Look at the first part there. By the desire of their what? Four judges. Zor didn't have a judge, so Zor was spared. I know it was spared because Lot went there, but it didn't have a judge. These other cities, had each of them had a judge, and the judges enacted their own desire upon the cities. Do you see that? And they got fire and brimstone, didn't they? Sobering message today, isn't it? And the Supreme Court judges here in the United States are going to make a ruling, I think it's next month, on whether or not same-sex marriage is going to be accepted in this nation as, as law, constitutional. And if the judges, if the states must accept it, that would be implosion blast number three. Did you get anything out of this today? Let's stand and let's just take um, just a couple of minutes. Grab hands with the person next to you there, somewhere around you. My wife will come up and take my hand. Now, I know we prayed the other day concerning this, but <clears throat> like I said, the... Uh, the last I looked at it, the, the court seemed to be divided. The Supreme Court seemed to be divided on which way they were going to go. Concerning this same-sex marriage situation. I, don't, I can honestly tell you, I, I, I don't know which way they're going to the way they're going to judge in, you know, I, I can't tell you prophetically which, which I, you know, the Lord hasn't revealed that to me. But uh, 
But I'm glad to see that there's some division in the court. That they're not just going to... Because the way this nation seems to be going, it it almost looked like a slam dunk. That they were just going to legalize same-sex marriage. Do you understand? It looked it looked just in the natural to me like it was a slam dunk, but but it doesn't appear that way. It looks like there's some there's some division. So so that's good that they're not going to just slam dunk it. I wouldn't be surprised if they came back and said it's not going to be legal, but I I would I, I wouldn't be surprised if they legalized it. Personally, I think they're going to legalize it. Personally. But I'm not speaking prophetically. I don't know. So I said all that to say this. In faith, let's stand and continue to believe God that he deals with these judges. You okay? You okay? I'm just being as, as upfront with you as I know, which I always try my best to be. You also need to realize there's demonic power involved. You understand that? So let's let's let, let's do a little bit in the spirit here. First of all, in the name of Jesus, sir, as a representative of this congregation, as a pastor of this congregation, we stand. We do our part concerning this decision that lay in front of the Supreme Court. And right now, in the authority of the name of Jesus, we come against demonic power. We come against homosexual spirits, demonic power. And I know there's demonic spirits. I know, I, I know, I know times I've been in the spirit. When I've been in the spirit and you get around somebody that's got a homosexual uh, demon on them, they, those things smell. They're very real. In the spirit, I'm telling you. They, they're, they're very real. And in the name of Jesus, we come against those homosexual spirits that would, that would try to influence the judges of this Supreme Court. And we bind you up and we render you deaf, dumb, and powerless against their minds, against their thoughts. We bind you up. We come against you. We come against you. In the name of Jesus, we come against you. We come against, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We hinder you from influencing these judges to vote against the Word of God. We hinder you, demonic powers, in the name of Jesus. And right now, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would deal with the minds, with the hearts of these judges. Deal with their hearts. Deal with their minds. However you need to do it. Sir, it seems you'll do nothing in the earth except we give you an avenue to do so through prayer. So, sir, we're giving you that avenue. And move upon the hearts. Move upon the minds of these Supreme Court judges. And may they be convicted in their spirit, convicted in their minds to see the word of God. And as one of them declared and said, should we, putting it in my own words, come in and change something that's been an a institution for so long, 
May they continue to flow along that lines, that they wouldn't discontinue that, but that they'd can. Because I read, sir, one of them said that should who are we to come in and discontinue what's been traditionally uh, a marriage? And and that was good when I read that. And and so they were thinking right. Perhaps that was you that dropped that in their mind and in their spirit. So we just ask you to continue to do that. May they continue to to have these thoughts and convictions. Who are we? Who are we to come along and change something that 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 God has ordained? So God, just deal with their hearts, deal with their minds, speak to them in dreams, visions, however you have to do it. If they if they have to see the terror of the Lord, then then move that way, that they would see the terror of the Lord and and and, and that they'd be moved to vote in line with your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And yes, any of them that aren't born again, we pull down the spiritual blindness upon their eyes. We ask that you would send the perfect labor across their path, that, that they'd get born again if, and see the light. And then call on righteousness and judge righteously. We, we ask for righteous judgment, righteous judgment in this same-sex marriage, that it'd be righteous judgment. And that marriage between a man and, and a woman would stand. And anything else would fall by the wayside. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people that agreed with that said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's just worship God. We prayed that in faith. Just raise your hands. Just for a minute. We're just about ready to dismiss. Let's just thank Him. Let's just thank Him. Faith acts like it's so. Faith acts like it's so. So let's... Hallelujah. I understand we I understand we cannot manipulate someone else's will, but we did all that we can. So now let's thank God. Just let's act like it's so. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. We glorify your holy name forever.